0: As you know, we're in the summer series that we call "Dancing with Jesus." Peyton did a great job getting us kicked off last week with some jazzy dance moves and teaching us all about the water walk. Uh, And so, as we continue in our series, "Dancing with Jesus," I wanted to talk about a few others that danced before the Lord. Peyton talked about King David and his dancing in the streets, and then he taught us about the water walk. I want to talk a little bit about Miriam's dance. I don't know if you remember Miriam or or know about her dancing, but this morning I want to talk to you about Miriam's dance, and then I want to teach you a dance that I call the temptation tango. And now you're probably wondering, what does Miriam's dance of celebration after the Israelites crossed the Red Sea out of slavery and into freedom have to do with Jesus being tempted by Satan? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to get into that in just a second, but what I want to do right now is I want to su- summarize for you uh, a story that comes from Exodus chapter 15, but I need some illustrations. I need one of these. We'll get to that in a second. Miriam danced. She sang a song a prayer, if you will, a, a song of praise when the Israelites crossed safely through the Red Sea and out of slavery. You can find this story in Exodus chapter 15, uh, specifically verse 20 is is what I'm talking about right now. She was actually the first recorded example in Scripture of someone dancing. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, It's also interesting to me that she doesn't dance through this whole song of praise as her and Moses are, are singing and sharing this song. She dances through the parts that emphasize their deliverance by the hand of God. Uh, something else, the, the Scripture says that she, she picked up a timbrel. Uh, now, we don't have a timbrel, but we have a, 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 uh, a brother instrument, if you will, to the timbrel, which is the tambourine. Timbrel was more like this, but it was maybe had like a drum head on it and some little danglies, And so you get this little great sound with some percussion to it. And she danced with it really well. Me, not so much. So I'm going to put this down so I don't hurt myself or your ears. But... She danced with this instrument, and and she just used it to emphasize their deliverance by the hand of God. Uh, The dance is really understood well in the context of the preceding Scripture, so I encourage you to read through that whole story, because it's actually a song that is sung by Moses and Miriam and the Israelites before the Lord. It's It's a time of worship, and in this song, it talks about their enemy boasting. It talks about Pharaoh's boast, I will pursue He boasts, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. He says, I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword. My hand will destroy them. Those, those are the boasts that Pharaoh makes about the Egyptians, or about the Israelites as they're fleeing from Egypt. And these five things that Pharaoh says parallel five things that Satan spoke in arrogance before the throne of God. We call those the I wills of Satan, his, his I will statements. And this reference comes from Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And it says this, these are these five phrases that um, Satan is expressing, these sinful desires of Lucifer, if you will. Each one begins with an I will, and it reveals his self-sufficiency. It reveals his own self-worship. And so I want to look at these as we get into this. He says this, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. For you, Lucifer, have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This passage is often referred to as the five I wills of Satan. Uh, The statements reveal his true nature, his rebellion, his disobedience, his self-sufficiency, his pride, his self-exaltation, and his all-encompassing arrogance as well. You see, for Satan, it's all about him and nothing about God. John Milton wrote a poem called Paradise Lost. He expounds on the nature of Satan's heart using poetic license. Not necessarily biblical words, but Milton certainly describes Satan's intent and his desire when he quotes Satan as saying, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. And now remember, I'm sharing all this with you because I want these things to be fresh in your mind as we look at the temptation of Jesus after his baptism. Uh, the next thing I, I also, uh, I share with you the five I wills of Satan. From, and, and so in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, we see I will statements, five I will statements that are made by God. I want to look at those now as well. Uh, these, these are found in Exodus chapter 6. Um, between the two declarations of God's name, where he's talking to Moses, he says, I am the Lord, and then he says these things, and then he says, my name Jehovah, okay? And then he says, I am the Lord. So again, this is, this is God speaking to Moses, Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, and here's what he says. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. I am the Lord. So from verses 6 through 8 are these five I will promises of God. God tells what he will do to free his people. He says, first off, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. He says, I will take you to me for a people. I will be to you a God. I will bring you into the land. I will give you the land that I bring you to. That's something to remember here when dancing with Jesus— we need to let Jesus lead the dance. Peyton shared that with us last week. And there's something else you need to understand. Our God always keeps his promises. These five I will statements of Satan, or excuse me, yeah, of Satan were sinful and they brought death. And the five I will statements of God bring hope and comfort. And so the question to think about today is, who do you want to dance with? But there's more. In the New Testament, Jesus makes some statements of his own. He actually makes seven statements that I call the I will statements. They're, they're more I am statements, but they give us assurance of who God is in Christ and what he has done for us, what he will continue to do for us as we dance with him. They remind us of his love, his grace, and his mercy for us, and his faithfulness to us. These statements produce in us unbounded joy and overflowing love. They serve as a reminder Uh, Israel's enemy is not Pharaoh. Our enemy is not our government. It's not our neighbor who disagrees with us about something. Uh, That's not our enemy. Our enemy is Satan himself. And his battle over us and for us is far from over. Uh, But back to Miriam for a second. Some scholars believe that when Miriam takes up the timbrel in her hand. I know, I said I wasn't going to pick it back up, but I couldn't resist. uh, She's prophetically enacting through dance, the hand of God moving on behalf of Israel. And the song that she dances to, it, it's shorter than the song that Moses leads, emphasizing only the most important parts, the deliverance and, and, and God being faithful to those I will statements. She sings that the Lord is highly exalted, never to be under, undermined. She declares that not only horse, meaning the Egyptian, but rider, meaning Satan, had been cast into the sea. You need to read this whole thing in Exodus 15. Uh, The exact opposite of where Satan had willed himself to be is where this prophetic enactment uh, commemorates God's latest victory, and it paves the way spiritually for the continued moves of God. And so now I want to transition out of the Old Testament time, um, out of Miriam's dance and the song of Moses and the Israelites, into our second dance and look at the temptation tango. And we have to keep in mind, again, any dance requires two or more people. It's no fun dancing by yourself. You have to know your place when you're in a dance. Someone leads, the other has to follow. This is true no matter what kind of dance you're doing. Whether it's a square dance, a line dance, doing the hokey pokey, the cupid shuffle, the macarena, the chicken dance, someone always leads them and others follow. Even a dance like the tango, they do say it takes two to tango. Now, in this particular dance, the temptation tango, uh, we see two people. Uh, One is pressing to be the lead. The other knows he is the lead. Now, let me just say this, too. Nothing is more frustrating when you're dancing with someone than when they refuse to follow your lead. Uh, When you're the one, you know the dance. You know where things are. You've taught this dance, and you're supposed to be leading. It's good to know your place in the dance. It's good to know your place on the dance floor. It's good to know your, your parameters and and your boundaries with your dance partner. That's how you keep your lines tight, your steps correct, your footing right, your form proper. One leads, one follows. And as we dance with Jesus, it's important to remember that He always leads. It's important to remember that our part is to follow His lead. You see, when we try to lead, when we try to get ahead of Jesus a couple steps ahead, that's when we lose our form, That's when we stumble through this dance that we call life. The lines get loose, as they say. We get spaghetti arms. We lose our form more times than not. We will actually fall on our face. And then the dance hall falls silent. It may even look like this. Yeah, we're going to see that clip a few times uh, in the coming weeks as we illustrate what it's like dancing with Jesus, but have you ever been there? You're, you're dancing along, you're letting Jesus lead, and then you try to get a few steps ahead, and that's where we end up. Now, keep that visual in mind as we look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, as we talk about the temptation of Jesus through the lens of a dance step, as we talk about the temptation tango. Again, This is just after Jesus' baptism. And verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone and we're ministering to him. Now in this dance, this tango between Jesus and Satan, we see this this back and forth struggle for footing, if you will. Uh, We see Satan trying desperately to find footing on his own I will statements. I shared those with you. If Jesus were to stumble on any of these challenges from Satan, the devil would have a foothold on laying claim to his statements that he made. If Jesus would have turned the rocks into bread, if Jesus would have tested God foolishly for Satan's delight, if he would have accepted the worldly gift from Satan and offered even just a tiny bit of worship to Satan, the devil would have been closer to the reality of fulfilling his I will statements. And he said, again, I will ascend into heaven. He declared, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Satan said, I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. Those are the things Satan said. The thing to remember here, though, is that Jesus in this moment, as in all moments, was fully God and fully man. And so even, even in this physical moment, in his hunger, in his thirst, in his physically weakened state from fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he is the same Jesus that John talks about when he says in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Nothing was made that was not made through Him. This is the part, this same person, this same God, this same Jesus, this is the part where He ends this dance in verse 10. And Jesus said to Satan, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. And then the devil left Him. And behold, angels came and were ministering to Him. I want to put this dance into, into our culture today, if you'll allow that. You see, Satan tempted Jesus then with the same things he tempts us with now. Satan's temptations were simple. I've narrowed them down to three rather broad categories. They were hedonism, egoism, and materialism. John refers to these temptations, uh, materialism, lust of the eyes, hedonism, lust of the body, egoism, the pride of life, these temptations were and are intended to deceive and corrupt our three main human characteristics. To, those characteristics that, that we have to think, to wish, and to feel. Uh, they're inside our mind, our soul, our heart. Uh, Jesus alludes to this in the greatest commandment. Uh, these are related with what we call the, the transcendentals or the, ulti- the ultimate ideals in three areas of human interest. We look at these things, science, beauty, beauty. Um, or excuse me, science, arts, and religion. Uh, we see truth, beauty, and goodness in those. And Jesus says to this, we are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. You see, we are called to worship God, to love Him first, have faith, hope, and love. Those things will link us directly to God who Himself is truth, beauty, and goodness. That's what Jesus lived out. That's why in Matthew and Luke, when the tempter, when the devil tempts Jesus to create bread out of stones or to relive, or to relieve his hunger, uh, when when Satan tempts Jesus to leap from a pinnacle and rely on angels to break his fall, when Satan tempts Jesus to kneel before him in return for all the kingdoms of the world, Jesus is able to stand firmly on what he has known from the beginning, and I am sharing that knowledge with you today. Brothers and sisters, if you want to succeed against Satan when he tries to dance the temptation tango with you, it's simple. Jesus has already shown us the dance moves. He did his part. He showed those steps. It's our part is to follow his lead. Step one in this dance, we must commit to grow in God's word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Step two in this dance, as you go to win and commit to go to grow, remember, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Step three. It's my favorite dance step. Jesus reminded Satan who he is, and we need to remind Satan who he is and whose we are. When you're being tempted like like Jesus, when you're being tempted by Satan, say it like Jesus did. Be gone, Satan. I will worship the Lord my God, and him only shall I serve. Maybe you need to say that out loud sometimes. The Bible tells us that the devil left him after that. And behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. Folks, when we put God first, when we worship him through every season of life, through every storm, through every time of hunger, through every time of loss, for every, through every time of misunderstanding, of not understanding what's happening next, for every time of doubt or our diagnosis or whatever, he will deliver us from the temptation tango. He will always do his part. But we have to do our part. As we come to our response time this morning, maybe you've been dancing the temptation tango with Satan. Uh, Maybe he's been popping up, asking you questions. Is God real? Is his word true? Does he really care about you? That's essentially what Satan was asking Jesus. And Jesus answered all of those questions with a resounding yes. I want you to know whatever you're struggling with, What makes Jesus different than other religious leaders or entities is that he has experienced it and he understands your temptation. And he made a way for you and I to escape it, to flee from it. We simply have to turn to him. It's not too late for you to turn to Jesus. Stop dancing the temptation tango with the devil. Allow Jesus to cut in on this dance and teach you his steps of salvation. Forgiveness for our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit are available to us when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior or when we're baptized for the forgiveness of our sins to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you tired of falling all over the dance floor like that guy in the video? Then maybe it's time to get a new partner. Reach out for Jesus. He will pick you up. Peyton taught us that last week. Jesus will pick you up just like He pulled Peter up out of the water and they walked back to the boat together. When you dance with Jesus... You are dancing on a sure foundation. Consider what you need to do today to be sure you're dancing with Jesus. And think about these things as we sing our response song this morning.